From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I am Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And this is the second iteration, or iteration? Installment. I, installment, that's what I That's what I meant, the other, yeah. other, other, other word, uh, of emergent culture, where we're going to be talking about kind of a news story and kind of what its social implications are. It's going to be a shorter episode. Uh, so yeah, again, let us know what you think of these. We're going to probably have like two more, and then we'll kind of look at back at them and see what you guys think and either keep doing them or stop if you hate it. <laughs> yeah. Some of that some of that really incisive uh cutting commentary you've yeah. come to expect from residual yeah. culture. I think this is like a it's a way to get out of the out of like the talking about a specific band or a specific movie or a genre and talking about kind of the news and what 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 it, what it means for you because I think that that's at the bottom line like what's affecting your life the most in terms of of uh, like media consumption, absolutely. And, and speaking of culture, speaking of culture, yes, we got a big one this week. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, you know, maybe some of you have been paying attention, but there have been uh, some ongoing mergers and acquisitions taking place in the media landscape. Sure, we've talked about podcasting two weeks ago. That's right. And uh, in the past, also like um, for example, AT and T completed a purchase of Time Warner and yeah. rebranded Time Warner into Warner Media. And the most recent merger to have been approved is that the Walt Disney Company, everyone's favorite Diz, as we affectionately call it. Call it the Big Diz. The, yes, that's <laughs> the Big Diz. Um, big Diz. We'll, okay, fine. Big diz. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go with it. Um, so Disney has completed its uh, purchase of certain properties from 21st Century Fox. This has been in stock since like. November 2017, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been in the works for a bit. Um, it was pending Justice Department approval. And There's been like a lot of like, yeah, like is the government going to let them do this? Yeah, and so just this week or last week, there was a circuit court judge which uh, approved the merger. Yeah, by the uh, time you're hearing this, it'll be like four weeks ago. Now the merger was approved subject to certain consent decrees, which basically consent decrees will will specify what needs to be done before the thing takes place or in order for the thing to take place. Um, and so Disney and both both Disney and 21st Century Fox have agreed to some of those. And Disney will now take over a lot of especially the entertainment properties, entertainment properties of uh, 21st Century Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are like they own like everything. I think like the the, the meme or the joke has been that Marge Simpson is now a Disney princess. Uh, yes. So the Simpsons will be handed over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as will some of the, s- some more superheroes, right? Yeah. Well, like I think Marvel fans rejoice because now Marvel yes, is Marvel. back in control of the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. They got Spider-Man like, like last year or something, but like yeah. they have like basically all of them now. I don't know about the Hulk. That may still be like a weird one that's pending. That may be Warner Brothers. The one that I saw, actually, the the news article, which we've said we would draw your attention to, is that in Variety, which is this kind of trade publication mm-hmm. for yeah. you know film specifically, but media uh, industry a little bit largely, th- the graphic they had was Mickey's gloved hand. Oh yeah, holding Homer Simpson, Deadpool, and someone else, oh, like yeah. grasping them. You know, it was pretty, and they were kind of hanging on. Um, so yeah, that's been, now been approved, and so this will—they are a cult. I mean, they are creating culture left and right now, right? I mean, like, they are like, like the media giant. Well, like, can't, I feel like every big movie that comes out is going to be like Disney now. Yeah, I mean, it depends on Star how Star Wars. 
Sorry. Yes. Star Wars, Star Wars is Star big, Wars yes. and Marvel and like yeah. and Pixar and it's crazy. Yeah. So I think there's a couple things going on here to talk about. Uh, number one is, of course, Disney has been developing, I believe what it's calling Disney Plus or Disney. Yeah. I think it's Disney it, it, Plus. It's, it's like the competitor to Netflix. Yeah. Disney is going to be designing its own Netflix platform, let Netflix-like platform, where which will fe- feature from my understanding, at least the the initial idea is to feature only Disney content. Mm-hmm. And so that will now include Disney movies. And Disney they're creating new series. For animated them. shows. They're going to create new series. There's a new one by directed by Jon Favreau. It's the Star, Star Wars about Mandalorians. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Which so, is like cool, but also. <laughs> well, it, 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 it raises the, the broader um, issue from the consumer standpoint about um, – you know, the, the companies now that are designing platforms, what do the platforms need to do? They're banking on the fact that you are willing to pay money in order to gain access to their creative content. Yeah. Right? Um, so you have to be willing now to, especially if you want Netflix and Hulu and the new Disney platform, to allocate whatever it is. I don't know what they're going to charge per month, or but just think about your monthly costs and whether or not you are willing to put up the extra money to get access to Disney's material. Well, a lot of people too are talking about like, man, like a TV subscription used to be expensive, but and like now I canceled it just because it was cheaper to have Netflix. But now you have to have Netflix, you have to have Hulu, you have to have HBO. Now you're gonna have to have mm-hmm. a Disney one. You have to have, you know, YouTube Red is like a big like you know thing. Right. Like, like there's all these like platforms that you have to pay for like a monthly subscription for Showtime, uh, Stars, like all this stuff. It, it, it it's becoming just as expensive. Well, and, which and, is kind of what was to be expected, I guess. Yeah, and just for some historical, uh, you know, context for that, I mean, the problem and, you know, to your point, the problem with the cable companies is that they sold packages of cable channels. Mm-hmm. So you could not just get access to ESPN. You also had to get, in order to get ESPN, you had to accept History Channel and, you know, all the other things that came with the package. Yeah. And then you could expand that package. But what consumers were increasingly asking for was a more customized viewing experience. Yeah. I only want access to this. So now ESPN, which is also owned by Disney, by yep. the way, yeah. um, you have to de- determine, you know, you're able to get some of that to a certain degree, right, um, by getting access to these other uh, platforms and that sort of stuff. But you have to then decide how you're going to do that, especially if you still want access to live sports and if you're going to do that through your cable company. Yeah. Well, it's just crazy, like like you said, how much they own. And I, and I remember, I want to jump back a little bit to a lecture that you gave me when I was a student about yeah. three semesters ago now, two semesters ago, two or three. Three, it's I been think. A, it's been a while. I can't believe I've been out of college. No, it was just last year. It was last year. Yes, it's been spring. two semesters yep. ago, yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess at the end of this semester, it'll be three. But anyway, uh, you gave about cultural imperialism mm-hmm. and about how Disney has been kind of a, been doing this for a long time, right? Like they just, they put their, all of their characters, their brand, they just spread it throughout the world and then it becomes a part of cultures that maybe not necessarily, that wouldn't necessarily have it otherwise. And it spreads like the American, Kind of Americanization of like the world and stuff like this is an interesting lecture. Yeah, I'll let you explain it a little bit better. Right. I mean, <laughs> so the cultural imperialism thesis basically comes from Herbert Schiller, who was a critical political economist, um, and he used it to describe the export of American culture around the globe, specifically within the Cold War 
period. Yeah. So if you just kind of take a step back, the Cold War was roughly, you know, the first world versus the second world versus the third world, or not versus all of them, but it was broken up into the first, second, and third world. Mm -hmm. First world was uh, dominated by the Western kind of capitalist countries. Second world would have been the Soviet Union and those that had adopted socialism. And then the third world was were all of those countries that had not yet chosen sides in that mm -hmm. battle. Yeah. And yet what ended up happening there as the U.S. and the Soviet Union were competing for the hearts and minds of the rest of the world to adopt their chosen socioeconomic system is that the third world was bombarded with propaganda campaigns from both the Soviet Union and also from the U.S. Mm. So the U.S. dramatically ramped up its exports. In fact, Disney was a part of that, specifically in Latin America as well to try to intervene in Latin American culture to get the Latin American people to empathize with an American way of life. So what they did is they developed um, these other characters. So like Donald Duck would visit Mexico and Peru yeah. um, and Brazil, where there was another cr character created who was called Zé Carioca. And he was like this parrot that taught Donald how to samba with the natives in Brazil and all of that kind of thing, right? One, one of my best friends from Italy Mm -hmm. uh, and he said growing up, like, they had, like, all of the Donald Duck superhero comics. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, Donald Duck's a superhero in Italy. And, like, I would yeah. read all of his comics. <clears throat> yeah, as a matter of fact, Donald Duck comics, are they do really well in certain markets yeah, around like, the world. still, I think they're still printing them to this yeah. day. Yeah. There's a really, speaking of Latin America, there was a really interesting book that was banned in the U.S. and just recently released that I got a copy of. And it's called um, How to Read Donald Duck. And it was <laughs> it was from a Chilean scholar, and although I think he traces his uh, citizenship or his, back to France, Matalart, uh, Armand Matalart, mm. and um, and Ariel Dorfman. They wrote this critique of Donald Duck and the ways in which um, Donald Duck was used as a propaganda tool in Latin America. And so they show. Donald Duck being appalled by some of the natives and all the like the savages uh, mm -hmm. and stuff that live in South America and how sh wouldn't they just want like lemonade and to buy lemonade and to <laughs> purchase what they need to survive instead of actually having, you know, food and water given to them as a human right. Yeah. Right. It's a different framing of it. But Donald Duck comics were used in that way as well. Yeah. Man, that was a tangent on Disney. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so they, they, <laughs> they again, they own everything now. Well, it's not every I mean. It may work rhetorically. They don't work. They don't own everything. Name but the, ten movies you like, and tell me one of them is not owned by Disney. Batman. Ten. <laughs> I mean, we could go through. There's a lot of. I mean, the, 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 the only reason the only reason I hold I, I push back against that is because then it's it seems to diminish the power that the other media companies also still have. Okay. Remember, 21st Century Fox also restructured itself not long ago into News Corporation and 21st Century Fox to separate out its news from its entertainment. But now that they've gotten rid of the entertainment, still 21st Century Fox has all of its news division there. So Fox News. That's all owned know, by Fox still. Still there. And in fact, we're going to see what happens now with Fox in the wake of the acquisition, whether they're going to restructure, how they're going to do it. So then comes the question, what's more insidious, news and propaganda, opinionated news, or Star Wars? <laughs> and, and that's not to be an apologist for Disney, but just... You know, both of them have their, they play their own role in the kind of broader information ecosystem. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Wait, well, this has been Emerging Culture uh, Episode 2, right? Out of uh, Th That's right, the, yeah. The series of uh, 
out of this little series. So yeah. again, let us know what you think about it. Uh, you can also follow us, like us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can support the podcast on Patreon by pledging your support. And we're working on some new goodies for all of yeah, our Patreon get supporters. Some sweet new stuff. Inclu- well, you're always going to get the bonus content. You're yep. always going to have access to the file of future episodes to come, but you're also going to maybe get some new goodies as well. So yeah, check out the Patreon if you want to support the podcast financially. Uh, and you can also email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. And the music today was Finder by People of Bodies. And this has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Bergenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. Get into it. Get into it.